noticed a mental process going on, which I call selfing. It didn't notice it at first because it wasn't going on at first when you were informed as this body. Yeah? You weren't in, there was no selfing going on then. But then the mind, the mental process, started verbing, yeah? Just like you get your motor skills, and that's what the mental process got its skills, motor skills, and it started verbing a self as an explanation for this place, for this life, yeah? And of course, it rooted that explanation as the body. So then, that awareness first shows up as an I am, it recognizes I am on, yeah? And then it was I am Paul, let's say, the body. And then a linear story took off. Yeah? And my perceptions and, and all of the way things were framed were based on that entertaining that I'm a body. Now that's mind entertaining that it's a body based on the mental process producing the sense of being a self as a body. So here's the mind that before then was entertaining just its own nature. As you have, I was just playing with a kid today. I don't know how old he is, six months. This kid, without any effort at all, is obviously wide awake. As soon as I walk in, out of my door, in my room, out of my room, and he's in the living room, he's sitting there, and he just latches on to me, and he just watches me as I go by. And then he watches so far, he falls down, because he doesn't, can't sit, but he just, just like that. And he's, he's obviously awake, yeah? I mean, it's not him, it's just awakeness. And it's very, very obvious when you look at him. You know what I mean? It's just, you can't get around it. Because you may have a little plan of what you want to do, and he gets you in the tractor beams, and then you go, okay, okay. All right, I get on his, I get down to his level, and I just check him out. And then I, you know, hang out with him for a while. And he's just, yeah. So, the mental process starts getting its little, you know, the wind under its sails, and it starts verbing. And it's got a, its job, I guess, is to sort of make sense out of what's going on. And so the way it makes sense out of what's going on, it says, hey, it's going on to me, yourself. Yeah? Yeah. So that verbing makes an illusion of being a noun. And obviously, this is a damn good reinforcement of that illusion because it's an object, yeah, seemingly. And so objects we usually call nouns. Yeah. Chair, desk, like that. So now... The life of verbing, of consciousness, has now been given a name of being a noun. And so consciousness cannot be dismissed, obviously. So it has to be sort of hijacked. So now consciousness, which is happening, and it can't erase that, is seen as I am conscious, which is a damn good way of neutering the evidence of your own nature every moment. Because the evidence of your own nature is now being claimed by the mental process say, I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. And it very, very rarely, after years of doing that, do you actually go back and see if that's so. You're just seeing from it all day, and hearing from it, and tasting from it, seemingly. Yeah? But all the while, life is conscious and happening through us, and, uh, but the mind says, it's me, and that sort of dismisses that. And then it has another giant hurdle to come over. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> Whatever this is. 
this moment or whatever, you know, it's not a moment. Of course, that's what it does. It gives it a meaning, conceptualizes it, makes it a moment in time with two little uh, adjacent realms called past and future. Yeah? But they're only happening now because nothing cannot ever happen anywhere but now because this is the only happening, obviously. This is all that's going on. But in this, a mental realm can be happening. The mental realm is, there's, there's a past and there's a future. And what I'm going to do as the mental realm is the mental process. I'm going to dwell more in the past and the future and that will do what for me? It will neuter once again the ever-present evidence of what's going on, which is this non-moment moment. Because I'll be dwelling in past and future. Yeah, yeah. Now, how am I going to do that, though? Because basically, this what's happening is a bitch because it has a quality called it's happening. Yeah, it's very difficult to override it because it has that nagging quality. It's happening here. And this has a very weak aspect of it, and that is it's not happening. Yeah? It's sort of a drag. Because it's not happening. So this thing has to do, it's a great miracle worker, really, because it has to <laughs> override what's happening with what's not happening. And it's been very successful, obviously. <laughs> because all your dilemmas and problems now are based on what's not happening. That's what the hilarity is, really. Hmm? <laughs> I know it does to you. I know, that's the flavor of it. Hey, you have to see, the mind is unbelievable. And its ability to entertain is unbelievable. Now let's just say that ability became identified with a product being presented by this little aspect of a mental process. Let's say called selfing. So here's this mind, which at that time could entertain the oneness of all things when you're a little kid, peace and and joy, everything like that, now starts entertaining that it's a self, and as soon as it entertains it's a self, all of its entertaining is now done as a self, which severely limits its entertaining, because self is a product of a mental process, and so the mental process sets out, sets up the parameters of what this infinite mind can entertain. Yeah? And now you're enslaved to its products, because that ability to entertain is going off like all the time, you're entertaining separation, let's say. You're entertaining what's not happening could override what's happening. Only an insane mind could do that. Yeah? Because the mind itself sees what's not happening as a tiny little aspect of what's happening. It doesn't see what's not happening as what's happening. It just doesn't. Yeah? So this ability to entertain now gets put into, let's say, this little system of thought and interpretation called self-centeredness. Yeah? And now every time it entertains, no time, I mean, every, its ability to entertain is now funneled through the idea of being a self which severely limits its ability to entertain. So it, it cannot entertain, it's okay, it can entertain, I'll be okay later. The best. That's the best it can do. Because it's now constrained by this principle of time. Literally. It, it still is entertaining like crazy. That's why your suffering is so exquisite. 
Not based on what's advertising it or presenting it, but what's entertaining it. See? The mental process is representing a day based in its realm of time, but it's what makes it so exquisitely suffering is the, the mind. The unbelievable aspect of mind, its unbelievable ability to entertain, it can entertain what the mental process is presenting and it can make a, a suffering that you would call hellish. It's not the fire of the mental process, nor of its advertising, it's what's entertaining it that makes it so real. It is not real at all. It is flimsy, full of holes. It is obviously just a, a mental structure, and it's not even a solidly built mental structure. Yeah? But when the mind has become identified with what it presented, it's presented to be it, which is me, then that ability to entertain peace and clarity and enlightenment and all like that is now entertaining how terrible it's going to be for me in the future. <laughs> the same quality is being brought to that endeavor. That's why it's so exquisitely, seemingly real. It's not the what's being presented, it's what's entertaining the presentation. And what's entertaining the presentation is mine. When it's entertaining the idea of being self, that's what in Buddhism they would call ordinary mind. When it's entertaining, it's not that, that's enlightened mind. The mind is only going to manifest here by what it's entertaining. If it's entertaining being this, this straw figure of a self in this very small mental system of self-centeredness, then all of that incredible infinite ability, it's not even an ability, it's its nature of entertaining, of just being, whoosh, goes into that and gets enslaved to what the mind wants to present, which is you as something special and being right and suffering, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Yeah. How could false evidence, how could false evidence appear real unless it was the mind that was entertaining it? How could false evidence appear real unless it was the virgin mind entertaining it? Most of this stuff, if we were two levels above a coconut, we would recognize it as false. But because of what's entertaining it, it seems to be so true. Even though you can't fly to the future, you can't buy a house in the past, there's no travel agent says, I've booked you for a place next week and I'm nowhere. None of that can ha possibly happen. It has absolutely no semblance of reality except in a mental realm. And yet, if the mind is enslaved to the idea of being a self, it will seem real to you. And it's actually seeming real as you. So for me, I'm not looking at the effects that it's producing. I want to entertain what it's become identified as. Because the hold on it is, it believes it's that. It doesn't stop its ability to entertain, it just severely hijacks it. And so you're entertaining separation. It seems as real as real can be. You're entertaining your body. 
You're entertaining that you're vulnerable, that you can be attacked, that you can be hurt, that you, the source of all love and possibility, can be unloved. This is what the mind's doing. But it wouldn't do that if it wasn't identified as a self. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have an opinion. It's just its nature. Yeah? It's nature. So if the mental pro that process puts up this net and catches it, it's got the prize fish of the day. Now, now the mental process can really, really, really take on the role of a pseudo-creator because it can pursue, pr present life in its own fashion, a mental one, and the mind's ability to entertain will make it seem real to you. Because the power of entertaining is unbelievable. It can rise anything from non-existence into seeming existence. It has no immunity to thought, that mind, because it, it's identified as a thought. Yeah. It's totally identified as a thought, which is, I'm this long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I'm Paul. I was born here. I'm, see, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. That could be an old story. It's all this baloney. And yet it seems so real because what's been set to that task of making something that's unreal seem real is damn fucking unbelievable. It can override a beautiful day like that. Haven't you noticed? You could be kicking back, surfing today, beautiful surf, everything's great. The mind could throw a couple little thoughts in there. And there it goes. It's just sort of like someone just took a brush and erased the whole view of everything. <laughs> and threw some yellow tint on it and it looks really bleak. Just like that. You know what? That, whatever that is, that's allowing that to seem so real, what, how unbelievable that is. Not as something is entertained, but just by its nature of entertaining. Jeez. How can you outshine circumstances and situations any other way to realize you're not the circumstances or the situations? You're not the action figure in them. That's the only way. You are never going to find a strategy where you'll outshine circumstances and situations. You are a circumstance in a situation. The situation is that mind's been identified with a mental process, and that's the circumstances it's living in. It's appearing in this dream, and it's taking itself to be the dream object. So dream tigers seem damn scary to a dream object. I don't care how many philosophies you try to learn. Oh, they're not really scary. And right here, they're fucking scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? When push comes to shove, you're going to believe the false evidence. <laughs> If you are one of the false evidence that that mental process has produced, you. How could you say no to the maker of you? <laughs> you are the sense of false evidence. You're the verb of selfing. How, what you're taking yourself to be right now. You're the verb of selfing. And then you feel like, I'm going to get out of the verb of selfing. As a verb of selfing? Come on. It's impossible. I don't know if you remember or not. I wasn't in an abusive situation. But I remember 
what it was like, the sense of having a mind unadorned by self, by itself. I remember. I don't know where. Not in, I don't see pictures of it. It was a sense. Overriding time. I didn't forget that. And then all this drudgery and everything that was brought upon by my becoming identified as this and my conditioning of alcoholism and everything. As soon as all of that, 30 years of beating and suffering and being punched out and run over and arrested, is erased in one nanosecond of entertaining life unadorned by the self. Just like that. Which shows itself to be totally what's true. It never fucking actually happened. Nothing that ever seemed to have happened here, no matter how real you feel it was, hasn't left one etheric tattoo on the space that we are. We went over this the other day. Here's this chair. Let's say this chair's been here for 40 years. Yeah? 40 years. I mean, my father sat in this chair, and my grandfather sat in this chair, and I used to sit on his knee, and tons of stories about this chair. Okay, so, all right, I'm going to move it. Okay? I'm move this chair. Now I move this chair. Now, I know planning, this chair is so real, I had to make a plan when I moved it that I had space available to move it back in. Because obviously this has been taking up space. So I move it. Okay. What happened? Is there any lasting effect of it being in that space? In the space? Can you see? Can you see like a a trail of its presence. It's like, did I have to go in the closet and get some space out, just the same size as the chair, and stick it here really quick, like a magician, so you wouldn't notice it was spaceless? No. Nothing has changed. The chair is an appearance in space. Yeah? We are appearances in space. If you want to use space as representing mind, this is an appearance in mind. When this is removed, it doesn't mean you need any more mind to come in. This hasn't taken up any space. The wall hasn't taken up any space. There isn't a space of that room and in this room, and then there's a wall. The wall is space. All of this is, is an appearance. thing that you feel you've done, or the greatest thing you feel you've done, hasn't left one effect on space. You have absolutely no relevance as a chair, but your relevance is your space. The relevance of you is not what you're thinking. The relevance of you is space. This body is just an appearance in it. It's going to be moved out. And there's not going to be, oh, that was the space where Paul used to be. No, you will never see me. Like we talked the other day, I could go to the place where I did the worst heinous thing. There isn't like a little etheric tattoo of me doing that terrible thing. <laughs> Nothing I ever did left any effect on space. None whatsoever. Mind identifying as this. Mind Identifying as this, identifying as this doesn't change mind. Not at all. Never will, never could, never has. Yeah. Mind, identified as this, 
this incredible ability to entertain, now entertaining life as this. Jesus Christ, that's why you can suffer with nothing happening to you. There's some people in the world having a really difficult day. We're sitting in, look at the chairs we're sitting in. We're fucking Marin, you know, I mean San Francisco. <laughs> and yet you can't seem to find peace. Why? We were told if we got everything we needed and had and we got all our ducks in a row, it was going to translate into us finally arriving. Have you arrived? Only to depart again. Your life is almost like a contrail in the air. You know those trails? They don't know what they do. You know those, they're not from, are they from planes yet? Those big, like, lines in the air. If you look at them, oh, there's a contrail. But in a day or two, they've gone. (laughs) Bye-bye. You can't even remember. Do you have the map of where that contrail was? No, it's just gone. Where was it going? Nothing. It wasn't, didn't come from anything, didn't go anywhere. It was an appearance. So the dilemma with selfing, this is a pretty good one. It's you identify it. So the mind is identified as So most of the time, if you identify yourself, whatever you're drawn to will always immediately be described in its pattern, which is doing and having. Yeah? So let's say someone says the truth. Immediately, if your mind is identified as this, it will hold the truth as an object to it as a self. It can't help but do it. That's how the mind does. When the mind is thrown into this dualistic structure of me as the subject and everything else as the object, and then duality as the world, it can only think dualistically. That's how it entertains. Yeah. So instead of entertaining peace as all there is, it entertains peace as something that I can do to get, and then there's some, and it's also something that I can do to lose. Yeah? You're not going to escape it as a self. This is the way it works. This is its thinking system. Yeah? So as soon as I become the subject, then everything that I may want has to become an object to me. Yeah? And usually, for me to get it, I'm going to have to do and have something. It's just not, I can't just entertain it like I am that. I have to go, I, can, I have to entertain it as a goal I may want, because it will give me as a self an advantage, and I'm going to have to do and have to get it. And even when I get it, I may do or have something to lose it. Yeah? So there's no ability to enjoy peace of mind, because my, peace of mind is a mind unadorned by selfing. That's peace of mind. There's nothing you need to do to enjoy peace of mind. Literally, there's absolutely nothing we need to do to enjoy peace of mind. Now, there's the peace of mind, and then the motor of selfing can't handle that peace of mind. It wants to go find something that will symbolize peace of mind in the marketplace of this place. Yeah? I want people to know I found peace of mind. What's peace of mind unless I can, you know, you know, hang it over someone <laughs> or lord it over somebody, you know? Well, unless it makes me special and right in some way, who fucking cares? Exactly. That's why it's called the open secret and the gateless gate. It's always available at all times. There's no requirement necessary to meet it because there's no you to meet it. 
You are it. The chair is never going to meet space. The chair is just an appearance in space. When it gives up the sense of being a chair, that's that. It doesn't mean the appearance has to disappear. The appearance is an of space. Yeah? And then watch what happens when the mind gets freed from entertaining the selfing. I found with a lot of people in recovery, coincidences start happening. They just get a little bit of relief from the selfing, and now they start seeing the coincidental aspect of nature here, which they weren't seeing a day before. Yeah? They weren't seeing at all. Now they start seeing, oh, oh, they see the magic. Or they'll be walking around and suddenly you'll just look, and then you'll see something unbelievable. There was no, oh, I'm looking for something unbelievable. You're just walking, but suddenly something goes, and then there's something really cool, like a dolphin jumping out of the water. Yeah, it's fucking trippy. And then you sense the magic of the place, because the mind is blossoming into its true nature, which is to entertain. Yeah. So in the Course, it would say the dream will get happier, as you're dreaming yourself out of it. Why wouldn't it? If a mind's dreaming this place, and it starts dreaming, it, it, and it leaves this place in the construction of time, it's going to just dream itself out of this place, and the dream's going to get happier as it's dreaming itself out of this place. <laughs> it doesn't mean it looks a certain way. It doesn't, doesn't mean that at all. It senses, feels a certain way. I don't mean feel like there's a sense of it okay. The mind's whole idea of self-will is predicated on you not being enough. Looking for something, looking for to add on to this, get more, do this, do that. And it's an engine, it's sort of like an engine that has no turn-off switch, as you found, find out. Yeah? I know people who've been enlightened three times this life. I would think one enlightenment would turn the engine off, but it regrouped and they started looking into new processes and paths, and super turbo enlightenment. And they, oh, that left that, and went for the super duper. It's just a non, it's, it's, it never will turn off in and of itself. It's just being disengaged by mind. It can keep running, 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 running. It has no effect. It needs the mind's ability to entertain. You have to realize, if you remove from it, you'll see the falsity of it. You'll see the tinniness of it you'll see the falseness of the system you've been relying on. That's what it says in recovery. You'll see it super clearly because mind can see. Right now it's been abducted, so to speak, and its seeing has become forms of looking based on self-centeredness. That blinds the mind itself, not blinds it, but the seeing goes unnoticed because now it's looking for it. <laughs> like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. It's the same, same, but the you, when the sense of you is what's looking, then it's always looking for. What is it looking for? What's looking? So ordinary mind is looking for enlightened mind, not realizing they're the same mind. Yeah. So the ordinary mind says, for me to see the enlightened mind, I've got to do and have a lot of stuff to get enlightened, so that I'll see the, I'll see the enlightened mind as me. 
That's why a lot of people are waiting to get it as them. Get on the bus. Abandon that fucking self on the bench. Bye-bye. It's never going to be here when it gets good. It isn't. The goodness is absence of that. That's what we were saying earlier. A lot of us don't recognize, like in recovery, the gratitude of a lot of things being absent in your life. You know, remember, I remember, you, know, we, you ever hear of an emotional hangover? When you act out in recovery, you don't drink or use, but you put your foot in your mouth and you really go to town, maybe. Like make an ass of yourself or go flip out. And I remember one time years ago that happened, and what occurred is, for about 20 minutes, I revisited my basic system of thought and interpretation I was living under every day. And it was like a little trip to hell. I couldn't fucking believe it. <clears throat> Once that got agitated, it was insanity. Yeah? Thank God it broke and stopped. But I'll tell you, man, ask for the ability to recognize the absence of things in your life. Because fucking... That is really the peace that we have as recovered people, is the absence of that fucking dog running around like crazy. It's asleep now. We found a way to live without it dominating the whole life. Yeah? But as soon as you start waking it up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah? So the absence of this chair is it. doesn't mean the appearance is going to stop. The appearance is going to continue. It's an appearance. The absence of it as you is going to stop. Because it actually never happened. Yeah? That's the reason why it can stop. And then you live as this, but your absence of this. Narcissus in the pool, let's say, and it lost itself in that little reflection. And then this unbelievable got downsized into this little point of self reference. And it's all of its ability to entertain was enslaved to keep reinforcing the appearance of being a self, telling a whole story every day watching every thought that supports its take. Da, 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 da. It's like really putting a marathon runner in your cellar with a 4x4 four four lap, you know, oval, just having it run around all day. Or think you have a mind like a bird in a cage. You have the mind encaged in identification and you're calling it a mind. And that mind seems to be killing you, isn't it? Some people would rather be a dog they feel like they'd be happier. They'd rather be mentally retarded, they think they'd be happier. This is the insanity of a mind, that ability to entertain, but entertaining everything as a self. And as a self, you can't entertain anything but as a self. I don't care what system of thought or philosophy is introduced to us, the mind will take advantage of it and use it as another little jewel in the necklace of self. Serious. 
that's what I do with this kid every day. <laughs> Any questions tonight? Yeah? Had a good sleep, Jeff. That's good. I didn't know I was, I've actually become an incredible treatment for insomnia, which is some of the side effects. Yeah, I really like that. People listen to CDs, they get to sleep immediately. It's nice. <laughs> that wasn't the reason why. Who knows? That is the reason why at that moment. So. Does anyone have a hat? A hat? We'll pass the baskets. Do you want any more? I know you came in late. I, there's a second showing. This is the dinner engagement.